Hi, my name's Kaylee, and I think the Coach's Lounge is the best podcast in the whole wide world, and it has absolutely nothing to do with my dad being on it. How about that shameless plug right there? Hey, welcome back. Welcome to the Coach's Lounge. For all you newbies, welcome. Pull up a chair. Check out some of our older episodes in the archives and join in as we go along this long ride. To everybody that's been here with us since the beginning, thanks and enjoy this one along with all the other episodes. This particular episode is brought to you by Level Up CBD and it's part two of our discussion with Les Kenning and Bradley Dale Pivato. Now, if you heard last week, you know that these guys are a riot. We had such a hard time with all the different stories. We had to condense it down to just two episodes and that was a chore. But real fast, we want to give a quick thank you to some of our patrons like Joel Denley and Ryan Quigley who will be able to access this episode early along with some extra bonus material and receive some goodies from the lounge. We've also been told about some of our amazing listeners who have shared with servicemen and women abroad who are listening with their colleagues. To each and every one of you, we salute you and say thank you because without you guys doing what you do, we're not able to do what we do here. So for that, thank you, thank you, thank you. With that being said, enjoy part two of our conversation with Les Kenning and Bradley Dale Pivato, which is episode five, and it is entitled The Devil's Advocate and the Car Thief. Welcome to the Coach's Lounge Podcast, dedicated to the experiences from the real coaches' offices around the country. These are the great stories we love to share and hear from the gridiron, court, and fields across America. Now, join coaches Kevin Flanagan and Matt Marshall as they open the lounge now. Do you know, you know what we had to have ACT-wise, SAT-wise, to get into college to play it, football it when we went? No, all you had to do is take it. Take At it. SMU in Texas, yes, just, had take, just it. take it. So just take you it. were considered what they call a special admit for football. So you air, put yeah. your name and answer one question until no, you, you had, had to walk you out. Had to take the take test. test. But it didn't matter what you made, made you were in. You were in. It didn't matter. Though, you two they guys all killed they it anyway, special, You were called a special admit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Special admit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was. SMU degree. Kill, you just yeah. killing it right there. Yeah, that's right. That's good. From now, Orangefield I, to SMU. What yeah. was that like? You go from oh. Orangefield, oh. America, to Highland Park, the, one of the wealthiest areas, okay. and just – I'm going to tell you what I thought about it. I was at SMU two years before I figured out they were making fun of me. Okay, that's now's when he's going to start getting good here. Let me write. Let me turn this up here. Good so far, right? Is that what you're saying? Nah, yeah. I, but I know there's another sixth gear. You're on fifth gear. Yeah, hey, We're the more going I drink, the better I get. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but no, it, 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 that was a. There were you might as well have taken me to a different country. <laughs> I mean, it was. I never forget. I called my dad. He said, "How's it going?" I said, "That's going good." I said, "But dad, everybody keeps asking me where I'm from." I said, "Well," he says, "Where are you from?" I said, "Yes." They said, "Where are you from?" I said, "Why yes?" They said, "Well, you got a funny accent." <laughs> and he says, "Well, you know, there's probably a lot of kids there from all over the sure. United States." All this was well before you were refined like you are now. Yeah, I was a different time. Orator, educated, got my master's degree, you know. And uh, but you know, anyway, long story short, I there was things going on like I never forget my. Uh, this one guy said to me, uh, you know, I bought all my stuff from Wien. If, if my mom didn't get it from Wieners. Wieners! Or- that was in Lake Jackson. <laughs> yes, I, I'd never seen or, that before. It was a place called Mark's yeah. in Beaumont, and there was a Bell's. Yeah. And, and it didn't come from them three stores we weren't getting. They didn't have polos in, in those places. <laughs> no, they were Rolos. Rolos. <laughs> yeah, I had a Rolo. And a lot of my stuff was hand-me-down from my older two brothers, you know, so – I show up at SMU, man. I'm I'm a country bumpkin, you know what I mean? And uh man, people would make fun of me. I didn't even know it. I didn't know the any different. Right? Yeah. Where'd you get your club? Oh, I buy that at Walmart. Is that where you get yours? Where? Walmart. Never heard of that place. Oh yeah, man, they're all over. So let's clarify because hey, I'm, we gonna are... t- I'm gonna tell you this now. I... My first date, I, I got my first date, beautiful girl. And we'd kind of hit it off, and I was in what they call Cockrell Hall at SMU. We hit it off, and I asked her out on a date. 
Well, long story short, we go eat shrimp. And I'll never forget this. And she gets upset with me because I'm eating my shrimp with my hands. Fried shrimp. As you should. As you should. But she's cutting it with her knife and fork. And she's got insulted that I was eating with my hands. She said, well, you don't cut your food? I said, well, it's shrimp. I, well, I've never eaten with my hands. So that was my first day. <laughs> and look, there were, I met so many great people and had so much. So once I figured out they were making fun of me and I got a little culture. <laughs> so let's clarify, though, for people that aren't from Texas that are going to be listening mm-hmm. to this, where is Orangefield? And compare that to Dallas, Orange where Fa- SMU is. Orangefield is east of Hampshire for Nick. As, as far <laughs> southeast as you can go in the whole state of Texas. Okay. Without being in Louisiana. Okay. It's so- in the Beaumont, Port Arthur, Orange area. You got Louisiana on one side, water on the south side. Yeah. The Piney Woods north. North. And yeah. Houston, well, and yeah. Hampshire, Hampshire Finette. Yeah. To yeah. the to yeah. the west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have absolutely. filmed some scenes from the water boy yeah. there. Yeah, you're in, <laughs> sa- you're in yeah. southeast Texas. I got no you. Okay. And so, you know, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, I, it was a whole different world for me, but I was very cultured after five years of being there. Sure. Well, yeah. One of the big things at Hampshire is – on like a certain, I don't do it anymore. But you used to go like Gary and Billy Malosa, the Malosa guys. They, I was going down there recruiting one time, and, and Gary said, "Let's, won't you come over tonight, Billy?" And uh, it wasn't Billy; it was uh, Rocky. Rocky's going to wrestle the bear. They'd bring a bear in, okay, <laughs> and they'd muzzle him, and you could wrestle him. And if you beat the bear, you got free beer. That sounds amazing <laughs> to watch. That'd be so good, wouldn't it? But that's what happens down in Hampshire, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In oh, Hampshire, yeah. not in Finette. Yeah. No, not Finette in Finette. people are not Finette doing that. From there, I, I went from Hampshire Finette to Memorial High School. You probably went through some of the same things. Oh, golly. I, that's rich folk right there. Oh, yeah. Man. I, that's my, that's, that's my, high cotton. That, that was there, really yeah. different for me. I mean, I, they, they were great to me there. It was absolutely a, a great place to go and great people there. Yeah, some you're of a tax write off. That's why. That's exactly <laughs> right. No, I, really was. I, did, I did not live in the memorial area. We lived, we lived in a different area, but that's it was, okay. Just use the booster club money. We can write I, it off. Hey, <laughs> they were looking for that house on campus. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's didn't right. Have it. I didn't yeah. have that at memorial. Yeah. No, it was. Well, it, I was uh, eating dinner last night. Good friends of ours down in the memorial area. Yeah. They were telling us, yeah, there's a lot down the street from us. Oh, it's yeah. for sale. Seven hundred thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. Oh, there's no, there's no house on it. It's a lot. Yes. Coach, that's some expensive dirt. Yeah, in that well, there was, oh, there was, was when I first went to college, I'll never forget, and it was really a bad story, but I'll enlighten you on this one. It was kind of funny. I'd went and saw a girl I was dating, okay, and I had my brand new car. I was going to college, and somehow it got stuck in the ditch, and, and it I got in a wreck right before I left, okay, and they were bringing up all the quarterbacks early. We were going to stay in an apartment in Austin. And so I go up there and I'm, I'm staying in the apartment and, you know, after you've been home, you've been with the college for a week or two, you're ready to go back home. Right. I, so I called my mom Absolutely. and I, I said, mom, uh, when I left, it was really a sad deal. They had been to Mexico city. It really wasn't sad. They were coming back and I'd left a note on the, <coughs> on the refrigerator. Dad, I got some good news and I got some bad news. I said, the good news is I've made it to Austin. We're working out. The bad news is my car's down on Echo Lane and I wrecked it. And so dad comes home and he reads the note and he's pissed. Now he's mad. I said, so so he goes and gets my car and he takes my car and he takes it over there and he fixes it and everything like that. And I'm in, I'm in Austin working out with the quarterback, doing all that, going through summer workouts. So I call my mom. It's about three weeks. I said, hey, mom, I'm coming home. Don't come home. And you called mom, not Yeah, dad. I didn't call dad. I said, don't come home. He is not – you don't need to come home right now. I said, okay. So I wait another three weeks. I call back home and say, hey, mom, I really got to come home. I really want to come home. Don't come home. Said, but it's been six weeks. Well, it's the end of the summer. And I said, you know what? I'm going to surprise. And I don't have a car or anything. So I get a ride, and I get a ride back to the apartments that we're living at. We're, we're, we're living at. So I go to the apartments – and I knock on the door. I knock on the door. I knock on the door. Nobody answers. So I knock on the door, and I look inside. There's no furniture. There's nothing. They had moved to another place and didn't even tell me. My dad was so mad at me because I wrecked my car and left it in the ditch. So they moved, and I never saw them that summer. I went back to college again and started up college, and my parents, my mom said, don't come home. Don't come home. Oh my so goodness. that was Probably through the first semester. And then after the first semester, I said, well, heck, I'm, I'm going to go home. So 
uh, I, I remember somebody's home. Yeah, somebody, someone's going. So I found out where they lived and everything, and I, I talked to my dad. <laughs> I dragged my parents down. And so, and so my dad's really pissed at me. Now he's got my car. He's driving a brand new car. He's really doing, you know, everything like that. I don't have a car, nothing in college. So I go home, and I'll never forget this. They had printed out the travel list. We were going, I can't remember, we were playing Arkansas, I think it was. And they printed out the travel list, and I wasn't on the travel list, and it was Thursday. So, yeah, I'm going home. So, boy, I take off home get a ride home i'm going home well they changed it on friday and my name had been put on the travel list okay so i'm at home okay and coach Akers calls my dad and, it, and i'm just now getting out of trouble for the summer he calls my dad and he goes where is your son he said he's at the house he said he didn't have any class I skipped english class on friday or anything he says he's supposed to be on the bus we're leaving in about four hours I'm booking it back. So I got oh. my car. So I'm booking it back. I'm booking it back all the way to college. So I go to college and I make the I make it. You know, coach is mad at me. I can tell he's mad at me because, you know, I'd skip class and stuff. But I made the made the he flight. He didn't move though and leave his house in No, no, no. But it gets worse. It gets even worse. <laughs> so that year we're going to play in the uh in, in the cotton bowl. We're gonna play against Notre Dame. And so, I, you know, I talked to my dad, and it's right before the grades came out. And he said, well, he said, I'll let you have your car back. I said, thanks, Dad. So I bring my car back, and I'm out there one week. Somebody runs right into the side of it, boom, <laughs> wrecks my car. Oh, no. So he takes the car back, and I'm said, well, okay, shoot. It's not my fault. So I get back home, and when I get back home, all of a sudden, my uh, the grades come back from that day. And I didn't do very good in my first semester. I was, re- it was really poor, 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 poor effort on my part. Just really stupid on my part. I just, you know, so that when I recruit kids and I go through it, it's going to happen. And so he takes the car away from me again. I mean, and, and I'm basically on double secret probation. With, I can't say a word. I can't come see my parents. I can't do anything. I've messed everything up. I mean, Holy it just cow. totally screwed everything up and, and actually uh, ended up getting better as it went on. I, I've made every – I've made – what. In college, I've made every scholastic probation to every honors. I went from one extreme to the next, and thank goodness for my wife. Yeah. But it was uh, – Now, go back to that. You were talking about earlier, your car – you kind of hit on a little bit. You were on a date. Your car got stuck. It, yeah, and it's it a bad re- is that all tied together? Well, what's I, the I, deal? I don't want to go in. I don't. I don't want to go into those things. I just want to tell you it was a stupid he mistake didn't want to on my part. Himself. No, no. It, I, we were actually moving. <laughs> I had a nineteen eighty-five Firebird I had bought, and this is and my mm-hmm. wife today, mm-hmm. and uh, we were dating and waiting on a movie, and uh, we're running. We're just driving around mm-hmm. as you would be doing. Yeah. And someone put a canal in Beaumont. Yeah, they did across the road. They moved those canals. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, next thing I know, that new Firebird is roof down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we're skidding down in a giant uh, ditch. And upside down, she didn't have her seatbelt on. I don't. How, how did we live through college? I mean, oh, and, and they were some of the funnest times I will ever remember. Or not? It, 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 yeah, but it, it, it was really. I mean, just. just just stupid stuff. We I can remember coming to the University of Texas, and they used to take us in the city bus to the airport. So we fly in the city bus, and we're all the teams on the city bus, and we're we're going, and we pull up. Oh, y'all are going to a game? Yeah, we're going to a football game. The whole team. How times had, have changed. You yeah, think we're going the city bus? We were going on the city bus. The city <laughs> bus was taking us. Drop from, off your quarter in the if, front deal, boys, well, and y'all have a seat. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It, they would rent the city rent, bus. Rent the bus. And yeah. The, the bus would take us to to the airport over there. But the problem was, is when you would rent a city bus and you'd come to a stop sign and there would be a bunch of people at the stop sign. <laughs> they thought that's the <laughs> bus they would get on. get on. So when we would stop, <laughs> people would get on our bus to go to the airport. <laughs> I used to laugh. And they so would good. be beating in the bus driver says, no, no, no. And they'd get mad. They'd cuss the bus driver out because they thought that was the bus to go go down the deal. You know, you, you guys are talking about your – You've got players that you're responsible for, and and, and I think some po- we hold we hold coaches and we hold college students to a different level sometimes. That you know, I I think if we think back what we did in college, that's what you are dealing with. Yes. you got that's a bunch of kids that are away from home the first time, and just think about it what is. we did in college, and now you're corralling those guys. But we try to hold them to a different standard. Well, you, you got to have fun. That. It, 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 it's and Coach Pivotel tell you this. 
it's really fun to deal with them. Some of the stories, some of the stuff you deal with your players is hilarious now. I mean, and you can't uh, write that up. Yeah. I was going to Houston, and I, I used to always say, hey, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate now. Okay. So this one kid I coached there, I won't say his name, but this has gone on for like six months, right? All spring, I'm playing the devil's advocate. So I said, look, guys, if y'all ever need to talk to me, there's anything you ever you're confused on, you don't want to ask me in here, just come up to my office and no problem at all. I'd love to visit with you. And don't ever think there's a dumb question. You can always come ask me here, ask me privately, whatever. So this one kid shows up at my office and I brought him in. He says, Coach, can we shut the door? He says, sure. He says, Coach, he says, you shouldn't come see you if we're ever confused. And I, I'm embarrassed to ask you because I think everybody else kind of understands how to play it, but I'm real confused with that game you always play with us. I'm confused. I don't know how to play it, and I just want you to explain to me the rules of it. I said, well, what are you talking about? I'm thinking, what game? I don't play it anymore. I said, well, what game is that? And he says, you know, that game we play all the time, the devil's advocate. He said, I don't understand how to play it. I, so I don't ever say anything. I don't ever answer because I'm confused on the rules of the game. <laughs> I, I got one strong one. I, I don't mean to jump around, but I, this is what I – Jump. Put on them shoes yeah, yeah. and jump. This is awesome. <laughs> this is a classic. So I'm a first-year head coach, and we're driving Southern Mississippi recruitment, Northwest State. And – we had a man, we had a day seven in the morning till ten that night where I had to be. And you know, you don't fly at that level, you're driving everywhere. So this one coach had to we were gonna meet at Colian Junior College uh that afternoon. He was gonna give me off to another coach and we were gonna go do visits and work up. We had a visit actually in Jackson, Mississippi that afternoon we were staying in Jackson. So we were in Southern Mississippi. So we were about an hour from a cone. And our car, this, you heard this story? No. So this high school, my, my coach I'm with, was in, we were in his car, it breaks down. This is his personal car. So it breaks down. And, I mean, we don't have like, I mean, we're, we're stopped, broke down in the middle of nowhere. And so I'm like, he's getting the glove appointment. He's kind of panicked. He's looking at, so we're looking for it. He said, well, I got this service. And if I break down, they'll come pick my car up, fix it. I said, look, man, I, I don't mean to freak you out or anything, but we got to leave the car. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't have any time to spare here. So what are we going to do? I said, watch this. So I put my phone out. Y'all head to a recruit's house. We're headed to a recruit's house in Macomb. <laughs> so I'm like, and we're an hour from Macomb. So I stuck my thumb out. This guy pulls right over. I said, come on. He says, we're getting with this guy. I didn't know him. I said, come on. We, come on. We're in Southern Mississippi. He's a good folk. <laughs> Jump in the car. I said, where are you headed? He said, I'm headed to my car. I said, great. I'll pay you 30 bucks. I'll you. So I had a friend of mine named Jimmy Carroll Robinson. Do you, any of y'all remember Chip Robinson, the head equipment manager at Texas? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's his daddy. Okay. So I called him up. I said, Jimmy Carroll, I'm going He said, what is it? He said, I said, man, my car's broke down. I, I got to get up. If you can, we're in. We're broke down this far out of town, this road. I need to get a record bringing this coach's car. We got to get it fixed here in Macomb. If you can handle that for me, get the car here. I need to borrow your vehicle to go recruit. I said, I'm going to need it till about 7 tonight when I – Meet this coach at Colin, and we get in his car and drive to Jackson. He says, "Hey, no problem." So, man, this guy takes me to drops me off at Jimmy Carroll's house. Me and the coach jump in. We take off. Jimmy Carroll says, "Hey, I got a record headed to pick up the car. They're going to take it to this place. He'll fix it. The whole nine yards." I said, "Good." I said, "Jimmy Carroll won't be back till about seven night, and he I'm not come back. He is. Can he spend the night with y'all night? Because his car's not going to be fixed till tomorrow." Jimmy Carroll said, "I got it." So, anyway, so I end up in Jackson, and next morning I wake up, and we headed back out recruiting me and this other coach. And the coach that had to go back to Macomb had to stay with Jimmy Kerr. So, I called him up, and I said, Sean, I said, how's everything going? I texted him. 
He says, no, I tried to call him. He didn't answer my call. I said, hey, why don't, why don't you answer my call? He said, I can't. He said, why? He says, I'm in Bible study. <laughs> I said, Bible? I said, yeah. Jimmy Carroll made me go to Bible study this morning. I'm in Bible study, so I can't talk. <laughs> His car wasn't fixed yet. Well, here's the difference. At the University of Alabama, I'm sure the president asked the head coach if he can use the school plane. I mean, that's the big difference. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember when we went to Alabama and we were uh, we left TCU and went to Alabama. I'll never sit there. You know, Fran sitting there. I said, Coach, uh, when are we getting off for Christmas? And he said, oh, I don't worry about it. I said, all right, so it's the – I think it's the 24th. And uh, I said, well, Coach, I was thinking about going home just to see my parents to Christmas in Houston. Okay. He said, be out down at the airport down there. Jet's going to pick you up. He'll drop you off at Hooks Airport out there in Houston right there. And they dropped me off and picked me up in three days. He said, he'll be back here to pick you up. Wow. That's the difference. You, right there at, at those places. Tomball, Texas, well, yeah. right there. Right. Hooks, yeah. Hooks Airport. Yeah, I mean, a jet flew in there. Dad came and picked me up and said, boy, you come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> this is a classic. This is a classic story. So I'm head coach at Northwestern State. There was a guy in town, had a little money. He was a lawyer, and he would loan me his plane. What he would donate to me was I could have his King Air, like let's talk about, for two days. So what I did, we I said, let's use it. We'll go hit all the Texas JCs and the Mississippi JCs in those two days. We'll knock all that out because we could make a lot of – on that King Air could hop mm -hmm. around. So the second day, we're making all our Mississippi – where we were up in, in, in the north part of the state on a home visit. And the last stop, I had to go see a kid south of Starkville. So we were going to land at the Columbus Airport. Mm -hmm. I had to drive. Well, the fog had set in. So the guy says, we can't land anywhere in the state of Mississippi. We'll go back to Natchez, Louisiana. Well, I was going to miss the home visit with this kid. He was a mid-year kid we had committed to us. If I don't get on the home visit, we're not going to get it. I mean, it just is what it is. So I said, sir, I said, you got to land this. So he says, well, I can't. So then he calls me and he says, look, I can get you to Tupelo. He said, but I can't land in anywhere else closer than that. And he says, I got to have this plane back tonight. So if I land, I got to leave right away because the father's going to say, I can't get out and the boss needs this plane tomorrow. So I said, okay. Well, he starts calling, trying to get us a, a rental car. There's no rental cars anywhere in Tupelo. Not one rental car to be had. I said, well, just land us there. We'll figure it out. So he lands there, and he's getting ready to take back off. I go, and they you know, they have a little car that they'll loan <laughs> I said, look, I got to borrow that car, and then I got to drive. loaner at the Tupelo oh, airport. Oh, I've had many of those. <laughs> so it's, it's a loaner that you're just really supposed to – the pilots are supposed to have it to drive around town. <clears throat> so I called the guy in. I said, listen, I got to drive this thing south of Columbus. Do a home visit. I got to drive it all the way to Shreveport, Louisiana, where a guy's going to meet me, and he'll drive it back for you tomorrow. So we'd already – I'd already made some calls, set all this up. So he says, okay, I can do that. But you didn't ask me. You just took it. As long as it's back by noon tomorrow, we'll be okay. So we take off. We get about 20 miles down the road, and the pilot's ringing my cell phone. I answer, I said, hey, hey, what's up? He says – Y'all got all them bags off, and y'all got my bag, too. He said, the only problem is my heart medicine's in there. If I don't oh. take it, I can have some serious issues. Oh. I said, well, can you not just fly home and take some? He said, he said no. He said, I, I got to have it now. I said, okay, I'm going to turn around. We're coming back. Is this like life-threatening? I, I really got to have this kid. I got to get to his house. Can you do something with your heart medicine? So, so we get back, and by the time we got back, he's like, hey, there's good there's good and bad. He said, bad is you lost 20 minutes. The good is we can't get out. And we've called the boss, and he says, just stay. So y'all got us tomorrow, too. I said, oh, this is great. So we go down, do the visit, come back, stay in Tupelo, and had the plane the whole next day, too. So we got the plane three days. Wow. That was big. That was high cotton, uh, oh, Northwestern that's State. That's good. Yeah. Hey guys, quick question. Would you like to feel better, sleep better, 
less anxiety? You want your joints to feel better? If the answer is yes to any of these or yes to all of them, CBD is the way to go. Now, I know what you're thinking, and it's not the same thing that you grew up being told was bad. It's not that hippie lettuce you always heard about from your parents or your teachers. CBD is a thing called cannabidiol that's what's left when the THC, the stuff that gets you high, is removed. This stuff has tremendous healing and anti-inflammatory properties along with fighting stress and anxiety. Look, basically it's all the rage all over the world right now. Now, I know you also see these rinky-dink CBD stores popping up all over the place right now. Trust me when I tell you, you do not want to go to these places to try out CBD. Just like you preach accountability to your players and coaches, demand it from your CBD supplier. Level Up CBD is where you get that accountability. How? Well, that's simple. There's a QR code on every one of their products. You simply scan that code with your camera and boom, Level Up will let you know where your product was made along with where it's been every step of the way until you start reaping the benefits personally. If that's not accountable, y'all, I don't know what really is. Trust me, after all of these years of me being done with my body, whether as a player, coach, firefighter, doing jujitsu, or just my big brisket back self doing a marathon by the end of the 2021 because Coach Flanagan said I couldn't, my body is a wreck. Enter Level Up CBD. Me personally, I'm a 2,000 milligram citrus guy. I just place a couple drops under the tongue and boom, I'm a new man. Not to mention that 1,000 milligram lotion on those sore muscles after those long runs. And it don't hurt, fellas, when the missus asks for a massage. Use some of that lotion. Get you some bonus points at home if you know what I'm saying. Try it for yourself today. Go to levelup-cbd.com. Let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Levelup-cbd.com. And when you go, let them know you heard about it in the coach's lounge. There is a uh, in Orangefield... Texas, uh, my daughters, you know, summertime, so it's just, you guys know, it's what you yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, our kids were up there. I'd go buy a wiffle ball bat and uh, wiffle balls yeah. and oh, coaches' yeah. kids would come up there and they're still, uh, I think, I think one of my daughters wrote her name in the coach's office. It's still on the wall. And one of my other ones, you know, they're, we're just cutting them loose and they're yeah. on the golf cart and what, thank God somebody didn't die. But one of them, uh, my youngest one, Kaylee, she, thought the golf cart was in forward. Of course, I don't know why she didn't know. She's in kindergarten. I mean, she should know how to drive a <laughs> golf cart. She oh, punched yeah. it, and it backed straight into the field house. And I, <laughs> I think there's still a dent in the field house at Orangeville for that. Let me tell you, we in Hampshire, we drove when we were what? Shoot, I think I was – had been. I got in trouble for stealing a car when I was in third grade. <laughs> I really did. It was a bad deal. Let's 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 hash this out. It was a bad deal. A really bad deal. You were a thief. Third yeah, got, grade. You makes you what? Nine. Yeah, yeah you were I was a nine. thief. And yeah, it was bad. It was me and the principal's son. It was a bad deal. Yeah. Principal son. So yeah. who was the influence here? Uh, okay, this is what happened. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on this. Now this was really bad. Now, okay. <laughs> So I'm a young kid. My Wait, mom and so dad go So plead the fifth out. means you're not saying anything. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to incriminate myself. Okay. Okay. okay but I'm, but so I'm don't believe the story. Right. Just okay. only half of it. Okay. And okay. understand my point Fair of view enough. here. I told this to my dad. <laughs> Appreciate okay? the honesty. When I was when I was young, me and the prince, me and the principal stunned, Steve Gatewood. They would. We didn't have a lot of money, so they'd hire one babysitter to like babysit both of us for me and the principal son and my sister. And so they would usually hire one of the girls. My dad was a girls' basketball coach, so the girls' basketball girl, Glenda, she would come over and she would babysit us. And she was in, in you know, she was a junior or senior. So my parents go to Beaumont and Port Arthur to eat. I'm in big third, night out. Yeah, big night. And so they go out to eat. I'm at home. Okay, so Steve and I are sitting there, and I'll never forget this. We have an old Pontiac. And Steve says, "Hey, you know, he's looking around. And I'm looking around. I said, well, "Hey, man, let's just take it for a spin." So I'm driving, and Steve, is, word, and Steve is pushing Third the gas. Grade? He's, Let's pushing, take it for a he's spin. pushing the gas. I'm driving the steering wheel. I can't see because I can't reach the pedals. And I said, speed up. Slow down. Speed up. Slow down. But you can't see. No, I can see. He's pushing the gas. I'm telling him what to do and put the brake on because I can't reach it. So we're going down. We're driving down the deal, and it's pretty cool now. I mean, we pull up to the – you know, we think we're a big deal. You know, we pull up to the school. There's a bunch of people there. Hey, hey what's up, dude? You know, I'm sitting there driving the car. You know, I said, who are you two slap dicks? I mean, you can't see over the deal. So we're driving, and all of a sudden behind us, there's this car following us. Okay. And I'm, oh, shit. There ain't no cops in Hampshire. I said, we're cool. There ain't there's nothing no happening. And so, I'm, so I'm driving, and all of a sudden, it's Glenda. It's the – 
the lady that's watching his parents, she called her mom and dad, said we stole the car. Well, we had taken it for a little joyride. You know, we'd taken it out. Yeah. And so Steve is pushing the gas. And going, so we, we get back. We, we're all around Hampshire. We think we're cool. And so we get back in there and, and we, we park it. And when we park it, okay, my buddy Steve, the, the, the partner in crime, hauls ass into the pasture. Okay? The principal's son. Yeah, he hauls ass into the pasture, okay? And Glenda is just gnawing on my ass. She's just hollering at me. How can you steal the car? You know, her mom and dad are hollering at me. I'm catching all the abuse. You know, I'm going, oh, shit. I said, this shit's going to be bad. So I go in the house. I shut the door and I go to sleep. About that time, Steve, he never shows back up. He never comes in the house. He sees the lights. It's about 8, 9 o'clock at night. He sees the lights of the parents coming in. He runs up to the car and says, Les made me do it, made me steal the car. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, this is going to be bad. So I'm sitting in my house. You know, I'm going to, what do you do when you're a young kid and you know you're going to get your ass busted? What do you do? You sleep until you until somebody yeah. wakes you up. So I'm sleeping until 12 o'clock. I'll never forget this. And I'm going, I'm going to get my ass busted. This ain't good. So I'll get up in the morning. And my mother's sitting there, and she goes, what did you do last night? I said, Mom, it, it wasn't good. It really wasn't good. <laughs> he goes, you need to go see your dad. And my dad had a newspaper up. I'll never forget this. He had a newspaper up like this. And I said, shit, he's going to put the newspaper, and he's going to beat me till I can't walk anymore. And so all of a sudden, I walk over there, and he says, what did you do last night? I said, Dad. I stole the car and he goes did you think that was right I said no sir I really apologize I promise I won't do it anymore he says go to your room I know he was laughing his ass off behind oh, that he, paper he, he had a whole conversation <laughs> with you behind the paper behind the paper, behind the paper. Oh, yes what a yes. classic um, I how many guys room. can say what did you do last night to your third grade son? I stole, stole the car. car. Well, I'm just, coach, I'm sitting here. I'm puckered up because my daughter's in third grade right now. And I'm going, yeah. she's got bad. the potential. It was yeah. bad. It was yeah. bad. It, it was really bad. You got your buddy there. Yeah. He's, he's, he's giving face a, down on the floorboard, stop, pushing the go. Yeah. said, stop. Yeah, slow go. down, Steve. Now, the question is, who decided who was in charge of oh, what responsibility? Oh, I was going to drive. Now, I had to drive. Nah. Nah. Yeah. So, this yeah. was your yeah. idea. That's the truth now. Okay. You should get the fall for that. I mean. You it got was, the steering wheel. Yeah. But it was really, oh, God, dog. I thought I was dead. I thought, I mean, I thought I was going to get busted about that. Well, let me ask you this. Has beer or anything else, for that matter, led to some interesting uh, confrontations or conversations or scenarios with coworkers or staff in the same office? I, you know, it, 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 we just go, 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 go. And there's a time that you have to decompose or slow down you know what i'm saying and that's mainly done with our families i mean if you look back and 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 i can say this my wife is absolutely a saint there's nobody better in this whole world that i would and bradley dale tell you the same thing we've got to have great wives they've done great jobs with our children because another consistent consecutive third time and and i'm I'm telling you it's just uh, unreal they're phenomenal i mean my kids right now to this day if they have any problem they call their mother they call their mother once a day i mean it's it's they're going to talk to her they're going to talk to her every time and if it's a major issue then they bring it to me but everything else (laughs) is is handled at the lower levels and and it's really it's phenomenal i mean I'm, I'm very fortunate to have two great kids. So is Bradley Dale, but our wives, it, without them, we wouldn't make it. There's, there's no there's way no we wouldn't. Way. There's, I mean, you can tell we recruit a little bit by the way our wives look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell. I mean, <laughs> best recruiting job I, ever. Yeah, ever. That best recruiting job. I think ever. it's a, conse- a consistent thought, right? Like, I mean, it seems like it, it is true. Just behind every strong man, there's an even stronger woman oh. holding them up. You know, not taking the glory and basking in it. They're just. But they're the ones that they keep just the glue. rolling. Oh, that, it, that's it, what's impressive about yeah, coaches' wives. Yeah. They just your 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 wife. That's a great story. She thinks she's going to Nacogdoches yeah. on fifty nine. And hey, where are we going? Oh, I took this job. We're yeah. going to live here. Yeah. Okay. It never phased her one right. bit without even blinking an <laughs> no, eye. Just never well, phased her one do bit. It then. I mean, it, I mean, it, it takes a special woman to, to put up with that. You I, hear that? Well, time you move after them time. all over the place. Oh yeah, all over. You know, it. Not not every woman can handle. Exactly, it's a unique. It's unique, special it's unique. group of women that could handle being coaches. No you know, the first first job I ever had was in Victoria, and uh, first real paying job. Anyway, not the volunteer. The coaches stuff. came down after the game, and he said, "Well, I had to I had to rescue all the wives." And I said, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, there I mean, there was only ten fans in the whole stands, <laughs> but apparently a couple of them were out of control." And he said. 
I'm coming down from the press box and the wives were literally circled up and they were defending each other and they were they oh, weren't yeah. taking that crap. My wife was right oh, yeah. in the middle of it. She yeah. wasn't taking you ain't talking about my husband like that. She's yelling and getting yeah. after it. And yeah. so yeah. he had to walk them all out of the stands. Oh, yeah. and you you think about it. It, it in our profession, you're either a hero or a dog. There's no mm-hmm. in between. There, there, you're you're either win or you lose. There's Genius no or scapegoat. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. right. And so that, and, and for us, we have the comfort of other coaches. Yeah. Our wives don't. Sure. And it's really the the hardest thing. And Coach Flanagan and Coach Pivot will tell you is their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we can make friends with anybody. They, their, their, their deal with women is having true friends, and that's that's really hard in our profession. It really is. And they make a friend, and the next thing you know, hey, see yeah. ya. I've yeah. got to go to this other town. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I mean, exactly right. Tough, I, tough, tough. It's weird because my wife actually makes friends with my friends before me. Like they they call mm-hmm. me to see if she can go. She's out. a lot more personal <laughs> and way better looking, and <laughs> and in fact, everybody likes her better than we're me. running a half marathon coming up, and I, she's sending her times out way better than his or. Or mine or anybody yeah. else's. <laughs> she not only she's better looking, more personable, but she's a better athlete than all of us too. So, hey, make sure you check us out on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the same at Real Coach Lounge. Let me say that again: at Real Coach Lounge. Hook up with us. Let us know on Facebook you're there. Let's start a chat. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, questions, things you want to hear, things you don't want to hear, all that fun stuff. This is a podcast for everybody. We just happen to be sitting in the lucky seats asking the questions and enjoying the laughs, but you guys are the ones that this is for. Join us on social media and let's all enjoy this fun ride together. So what about, okay, so maybe maybe not so much hanging out, but is there, you know, emotions get get up there in, in, in the middle of games and stuff. Any, oh, yeah. Any, any, any cool stories when uh, things have happened in the, in the oh, coach's yeah. office or the locker oh, room? Yeah. Or? You know what? You, you have to be. I, I think the, our profession might be the most thick-skinned profession there is because if you could hear how we talk to each other, during a game, it blow you away that you're even friends after, but you just ignore it. You accept it. It's a hit of the battle conversation. Uh, you don't get your feelings hurt. Where I think the average person, the average profession, if you got talked to like you do in football during a game, <laughs> the average person would know how to handle. That's yeah. not happening in the corporate boardroom. It ain't happening. You're not hearing one bank teller tell the other one, move your ass. Hurry up. I'm tired. <laughs> well, and what you just said would be very calm. Yeah, that did. I've had <laughs> yeah. one head coach. Yeah, very- you know, this is true. I've had one head coach. I asked him to quit MFing me. So that I could call the play that he just least least do it after the after the series is over. It's when hard the to focus. Going, just, just please, can you not mf me until? And after that, that's fine, okay. Yeah. And then I walk in at halftime, and he throws a couple of Gatorade at me, and I duck, and it hits the AD. I knew we were in trouble. I knew we were in trouble. Yeah. That's karma calling. I knew he threw it right at me, and I ducked and hit the eight. Nailed the AD. How good you were. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. We're driving somebody else now. I mean, he didn't nail the AD. I mean, there's all kinds of shit that happens. Who the was a ninja? There's, there's a couple of times I, I won't get – I'll never forget this. We're playing Auburn. And I call a play, and the head coach says, no, nah, I want this play. No, he says, no, I don't want that play. I said, okay, what play do you want? And he's going, no, nah, I, I don't know what I want. And the clock's going down. And I said, well, coach, call this play. There's another coach on the sideline – and he decides to call timeout. Bad decision. As an assistant coach, you never call timeout. Oof. The head coach calls timeout. Well, thank goodness for him because he started gnawing on his ass and I could call the plays and everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it works in a lot of ways. Yeah, you right. you got to be careful. You know, it, there's a lot of things said on that headset. And you work with different coaches and different coaches have different demeanors. Like one coach I worked with was the best I'd ever worked with on game day. I mean, the absolute best. And there's some of them that, you know, you've got this fair catch deal where you got a one-yard area that nobody got around him the whole game for one yard because he knew he was swinging, cussing, hollering, screaming at you, and you just – 
that's just his makeup. You, yeah. you, you knew it was going to yeah. happen, yeah. and you had to be careful. You, yeah. you know, and it, that game day was the worst day of the week, and yeah. the rest of the week was great. Yeah, and now, then so we all, got Dan Ray Hooks next week, and and you know oh, he's he's one of the craziest. Everyone's ever. always told me this: Dan Ray Hooks is the best guy in the world to work for six days a week. Yeah. But game day, oh yeah, we all get fired. Yeah, we all get you come in, and it's like, what are y'all so down about? Yeah, well, coach, you fired us. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, like, no, no, that's oh, a, I don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's exactly. No, it, the corporate you, world has wait no. A minute. Wait a minute. So, so that, that back to Dan Ray. Dan Ray, my brother Greg, was an official, and he was calling. He was you know white hat. He was calling one of Dan Ray's games, and he said, Dan Ray yelled at him, Greg. Ed Pivotone would be awfully ashamed of you. Not only are you, I mean, you're a coach's kid, but you got. Both your brothers, who who now have passed away, mm-hmm. uh, were coaches, and then right. your your other brother was an official. Fun Thanksgiving. Well, oh, yeah. well, oh yeah. <laughs> so me and Greg, my brother that's official, had to speak at the St. Clinic in Beaumont one time. He had to speak right before me. Well, he gets up. I don't know what he's speaking on. He had asked to come speak. Well, what had happened? The the area coaches were going to use the Houston chapter. They were mad at the local chapter. And so when he got to say, hey, look, if you're not going to use us, we're not going to call your Thursday night games. So, And the Houston chapter wouldn't come call the Thursday night games, so he kind of had them. But he got it and he gave this big lecture. I mean, he was getting after them like, I got a recruit down here. This guy's shooting everybody out. So I got to say, hey, listen, just so you all know, don't hold anything he said Against me, please. You know what I'm saying? He's he, adopted. He, he's he's adopted. That's, the, that's that other pivotal clan. That's a yeah, different yeah, line yeah, completely. Yeah. You know, I, I, one thing I want to say, y'all told, he told a childhood story, one one of the funniest I had. So my baby brother, Gary Burt, was big. And and he was a really big kid. He was the old lineman family. So I'm probably in sixth grade. He's probably in fifth grade. My two older brothers are, you know, they were five, four and five years older than us, so they're in high school. Well, my mom and dad had gone on a double date with some people there in Orangeville. We're living on the campus. And uh, so we got to pick on each other where we stripped all Gabriel's clothes off and threw him outside. <laughs> he's the baby. He's the baby. But the biggest, too, though. The biggest, he's the biggest, but he's the baby. <laughs> and he's how old at this time? He's probably in the fifth grade. We 11, 12? Yeah, yeah, we won't let him back in. So he's locked out of the house. All the Orangefield High School campus. On the Orangefield High School campus. <laughs> That's not a felony. No. So, but this is, it's at night. Yeah. Okay, well, that oh, that's So kids are driving. Yeah, kids are yeah, driving yeah, over yeah, there. stolen cars. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all good. So we forget about he gets tired of beating. It's we your forget. brother. How'd you forget about it? Well, we, we totally it's forgot. Your naked brother. <laughs> you forgot the whole campus. Yeah. He crawls in the back seat of the people who my mom and dad on a date with his car <laughs> and goes to sleep. <laughs> so they come home, <laughs> say their goodbyes. These people get in their car <laughs> and they're driving off. And, and it's like Gabriel's like, hey, I'm back here. <laughs> There's this big fat naked kid in their corner. <laughs> oh, that story. So they circle back. And my dad, man, we had oh. all gone to sleep. My dad gets us up. So what are y'all doing? Putting him outside naked. He's in their corner. <laughs> we totally forgot he was oh, out there. Yeah, and, and I know we're circling back. But what, what story I want to tell about recruit? Oh. Like I want to make sure I get this. So by my greatest recruit story that was really a success story. I'm recruiting this young man at a at a Houston at Savez High School. And when I go in there, kids a freshman, the high school coach says, Coach, he wants to go to LSU. He wants to commit there, wants to go. That's been his dream. So this goes on and the kids film is really not very good. But if you watched him in off season, you watched him, man, he was about that like I'd have played eyes on. Well, his tape was bad, and he hadn't been to camp and all that. Well, hold on. His tape? His tape. What about his, his film? His film. 
Oh, you young guy. Oh, yeah. I, I noticed you just said film, but yeah, you went to yeah, tape, so I didn't yeah, know if you were yeah, in, in well, referencing uh, something and, and it was actually, it was actually film. So, long story short, uh, the, the coach calls and he says, hey, look, he says, Texas, Mac Brown just called an offer, said, y'all had an offer because his tape was bad. He says, y'all got till tomorrow day. The high school coach is telling me this, and if y'all don't offer, he's going to go to Texas. I said, okay. So I got, I got the old, I went to Les and told him, I was working for Les at the time. I said, told him what had happened. And he says, well, go get the O line D-line. So they come down there and we look at the tape, tapes back. Still, the kid ain't come to camp yet, but we, we're on a deadline. Right? He's going to Texas. And the coach said, once he commits, Pete, he's committed. Can you explain just for a second, if somebody isn't familiar, like, what does that mean? That tapes bad. Other words, when you watch his high school game video, uh, film, he just not a very good player on tape. There's it, there's just nothing that stands out as yeah nothing that would make you offer him at uh you know uh, an SEC school. But you could still see him and see that there's stuff there to work with. That you'd still want him even if his film is bad. You know when you the the my point is when you watched him in off season. Oh wow! And That's you watched him outside doing agility. You drills, knew something was there. Okay. He couldn't mess it up. Okay. So, uh, okay. Yeah. The video didn't right. reflect that. Yeah, and that okay. happens to a lot of. Them, okay, it know? is a common thing. It's a, it, it can be common. Okay. Yeah, there okay. can be guys. Yeah, it is really common in Mississippi. Yeah. It really in Mississippi yeah. because yeah. because they're so raw. Yeah. The kids are mm-hmm. raw, and I mean, they're gotcha. phenomenal. And I'm interrupting Bradley yeah. deal, but boy, we we had great great players that all went to the NFL. If you look back, Mississippi is one of the highest per capita that you have per athlete in the NFL. Okay, so hmm. the film it could, they could so, make, it just doesn't reflect the athleticism no, it, it wouldn't even film. close. Okay. So but we're under the gun here. So the old line coach, the line coach says, I don't want him. I don't want him. I said, well hey look, let's just commit. And then if when he comes to camp, we don't like him, I'll I'll handle it. I'll get us out of it. But this kid we we don't even want to text it. We want him to come to LSU. So they said, hey, that's that's fair. Well, that kid was Michael Brockers. Still playing today. I think he was the eighth player taken. He was either eighth or eighteenth. I think he was the eighth. He was top ten pick. Wow. In the draft. So you knew three years wow. later. The film didn't show it, but he was yeah. an athlete. Yeah, and look, you we just had to mold I, it. I've had some I've missed on too now over my years. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm but that one kid, you'd you'd have to be a. I mean, my grandma could look at him practice and say, "Wow, well, that kid's gonna be an NFL player." But his tape didn't reflect. It. What mm. about the flip side of that? Does, have you ever noticed somebody's film makes them look like you know oh, Gail yeah. Sayers, and oh, then you see him and you go, "How did that happen? How did oh, that yeah. come from and, this?" And, and there's that some happened. that just don't pan out when they get it to is college. very subjective. You, do you know a guy by the name of Indy Kalu? Yes, right that's now. why he's on the sports radio. Yeah. That's how I know his name. I recruited Indy out okay. of San Antonio. And Indy, his dad was a Nigerian professor. And I mean, A&M, Texas, everybody was recruiting him. And we'd had him up to Rice. He had a sister that went to University of Houston. And Indy's dad was going on a sabbatical to Nigeria to teach. And I went in there and visited ND and Coach Goldsmith said, he said, well, look, because academics is such a big part of our household, I want him to come to Rice. And Coach Goldsmith goes, well, we don't have a scholarship. I said, yes, we do. I interrupted the head coach. Said, yes, we do have a scholarship. And I told Coach, I said, go get a piece of paper and sign your name on it and say you got a scholarship to Rice <laughs> and give it to ND. And so we gave it to him and he ended up signing with Rice. Wow. I mean, and, and he was a phenomenal player. But I mean – you run across freak stories. Uh, another kid, Emerson Allen, that was out of uh, out of down in, in Jersey Village, great little receiver, right by my house. Yeah, he he calls me up one day and he says, you know, he says, "Hey, coach, can you come pick me up?" And I go, "What do you mean?" He says, "Can you be at this address?" So I go to this address. He's running out of a house as the parents are chasing him. He's seeing his girlfriend. I got him in my car and I'm taking off. Oh my goodness! This is Christ. the same. This is the same guy with Emerson that we were at, a, and he's a really prankster. He's at the. the we're, we're right before we're going onto the field. And Coach Goldsmith's talking to him, and he says, uh, "I want y'all to play with resolve." 
And he says, do y'all know what resolve means? And Emerson raises his hand. He says, yes, sir. He says, Emerson, what does resolve mean? Is carpet cleaner. (laughs) 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 He dies laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He meant with purpose. You know what I mentioned? A pregame speech. Mm. I've got got about three. Okay, (laughs) we had a certain coach on our on our team. Uh, He was he was very motivational, and they in one of our our head coach would get him to speak uh, to the team right before we would go out. And when you walk into pregame meal, just to stage this, it was very quiet. I mean, you nobody said a word at pregame meal. It was just extremely, extremely get quiet. Get my mind right. Right. One of the things that was kind of neat uh, at Alabama that, that, that we used to go through is when you came into pregame meal, the seniors used to take uh, their forks and they'd hit them against, a, uh, against the, the glass and everybody would go quiet. It's a pretty neat deal. I mean, you know, they'd walk up there, boom, hit it, and everybody would go quiet. And the one coach would get up and give a pregame speech right before you went out. And one of the speeches, he came up and he was talking about accountability. And he said, and, and to preface the story, we had had our head coach, which had been divorced, and one other coach on our staff had been divorced too, and they'd been remarried, you know, and the rest of our staff was there. And so we were, we were all going through the pregame speech, and he was talking about accountability. He was talking about dedication. He was talking about everybody you had been around in your whole life was that type of a person that was accountable, that was dedicated. And if you weren't, you were a slapdick. Okay. (laughs) And so he phrases this as he's going through this. He says, you know what? That accountability and dedication goes into your life as a as a father and as as a as a as a person. And, and if you've been divorced, you're a slap dick. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there at the table, and the coach comes down and sits next to me. And as the speech is over, he sits next to me, and I nudge him. I said, "You just called the head coach in our offensive line a slap dick right before the game." <laughs> he goes, "Les, you're the only one that would look at it that way." I said, how else am I supposed to look at it? You just called the head coach. You think he's going to be pissed at us today? We fix the play a game. You call the head coach and the offensive line coach a slap dick. I said, "Whoa, you, you, great speech!" That was that was, that was one of the, the yeah. classic speeches. That's, That's one win one for the Gipper yeah. style yeah. right there. And, and the next speech he gives this this is even better. Okay, we're we're at an, a university in the in the minimum. ACT to get in at the time is 15. So your 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 ACT is the exam you take to to get into college and you have to score a 15 to get in there. And there was some exceptions with 13. It was all based on your GPA, but the majority of everybody we had was 15 on the team. What's the highest you get on that? Oh, it's 32. 32 <laughs> or 36. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. One of those two. We didn't have very many of those fellows on the team, but we had a lot of them that were minimum qualifiers. So this was not Rice. We no, it was not Rice. Out. I can we tell you we wasn't Rice. 36, you are 36, correct. 36, yeah. So the minimum, and it's a weighted scale. The higher your GPA, the lower the uh, ACT score mm-hmm. you could score. Well, the coach is up there, and he's talking about our team, and he says, what a privilege it is to be able to play at this university. You have to score a minimum score of 15 on your ACT by NCAA rules. The average score in this state is close to 13. Y'all have done a great job. You've put yourself in a position to be very successful in life. Think what you've done for your family and everybody involved with you. You have scored well enough to get here at this university, and we're really, really proud of you. And he asked one of our defensive linemen, he was standing in the kid, and he looked at him and he said, Bear, he said, where are you from? He told him where he was from. He says, are you happy to be here? Yes, sir, I am. He says, Bear, what did you score on your ACT? And this is right before we go out. Bear stands up and he said, nine. Everybody looked around. How the hell did he get in the school? I mean, what the hell is he doing here? Backfire of the day. Bear is proud of his nine now. I mean, he is really proud of his nine. I look over at the head coach and I go, oh. We had one with with, with another coach. I'll I'll never forget this. He he was really motivated. He said, hey, I'm going to stage this for y'all fellas. I'm going to make sure we've got a – 
a, a, a plate. And I'm going to take this plate and I'm going to throw it against the wall and we're going to crash them up. We're going to beat them up. We're going to just, I'm going to get really excited. I'm going to throw this plate against there and I'm going to give them every explicit I can think of to get this team fired up. And I'll never forget we're sitting in there. We're at the Marriott. Everybody's eating dinner and he gets up and he's making his speech and he grabs the plate and he says, fellas, we're going to kill this team. We're going to kill this team. We're going to beat them so bad. You see this plate? I'm going to break it up and that's what you're all going to do. He grabs that plate and he throws it and it was a rubber plate it hit and it bounced <laughs> it didn't break everybody looked at him it just died laughing the whole team died laughing let's say we went out and won the game everybody was so loose I said what a great speech I mean it backfired and worked uh, sometimes you hear things like that I I think I was at Crosby and and I had read someplace where they were talking about nothing gets you fired up like the sound of breaking glass. Yeah. And so I had had this big pregame speech and I was fired up and I don't I had some kind of glass uh, bottle or something yeah. at the end I was going to just smash it and I throw it down and I don't I don't I didn't even think about it glass shards like go everywhere kids yeah. are shielding their face <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it took me right. about a quarter and a half oh, yeah. and I'm thinking I'm getting sued that's <laughs> exactly right. when this thing. you can't concentrate on the game <laughs> yeah. Yeah. coach I can't see I got that <laughs> glass yeah. in my yeah. Yeah. you know one of the things that was kind of neat and, and when you coach at different places like I was coaching a certain place and, and this doctor is a very 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 well renowned doctor that his he operates on on, on kids all over in the NFL and everything. And I remember we came in at halftime and our fullback had, had broke his hand, you know, and his damn fingers were sticking off to the side right there. And I walked up to the doctor and I said, hey, doc, can he play? He says, why are you asking me? I said, well, them fingers don't look too good. They look like they're hanging around. He said, Les, they ain't going to get broke no more. You need to go ask that fella. That's <laughs> no joke. So I walked over to him and I said, hey, uh, you, you want to play? He said, well, coach, I, I I broke my hand. I said, well, the doctor said you can't break it anymore. He says, I'll play. Now, that's you new know, year at the right place. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You that know. was in Alabama, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I, 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 I might have an idea who that doctor is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm not going to let you guys off the hook that easy because Coach Flan did pose a wonderful question earlier, and I think I, ADD, interrupted it when he asked if y'all have recruited against each other. But you never it, told no, us the outcome of this. Okay. You ain't right. got to say names or schools or anything where you were at. But but he ended up going to a uh, to another school. We neither one. So neither one of y'all won. No, neither it's a draw. one. I yeah. don't think Les was actually. Yeah, yeah, we were recruiting. Yeah. We were for Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. He ended up he ended up going to another school. So neither one. Yeah, that's the only one y'all have ever recruited against. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. We need to get that guy on the the podcast. Whoever yeah. won that recruited, who who from the other yeah, school? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. So you've been coaching how many years total, cumulative? Uh, I set out this year. This would have been my thirty third year, so I've coached thirty two. All right, putting you on the spot. Boom! Craziest story you've ever seen in thirty years. Go. Uh, let me look, see if I let me let me check my list. notes. Let me check my hit list here. Uh, Coach Les, anything stand out to you right away? Or you there, need time. There's to so many great stories. I mean, I can remember with Dak yeah. Prescott, we're playing Ole Miss, and we're we're, we're going down to. He, he had not practiced all week. He'd been in a boot all week. He'd been on sideline. He'd been throwing Pascal, just sitting in a chair throwing Pascal the whole time. He gets in there, and you know it's the last quarter. We're playing a true freshman, and you know you get on the headset, and Dak says, "Coach, put me in." I says, "Dak, I says you didn't practice all week, and you're, you're in a boot." I says, "Coach, put me in. We'll win this game." And, you know, and he goes in, he wins the game, and, and we beat Ole Miss, our arch rivals. I mean, we were at Alabama, and we play we play Auburn. I, I, I mean, our, I think our own chaplain picked us to lose. You know how it comes in the paper? <laughs> they make picks. Our own chaplain picked Auburn to win. I mean, that's how big of an underdog we were, and we ended up beating them by 34 points in Auburn. It's just phenomenal. I can remember going to a game where we played LSU – uh, and LSU threw for 569 yards against us. And we go to practice, and the receivers are catching a ball, and they hand it to the DB and go, here, bitch, and a fight breaks out. I mean, the biggest freaking fight you ever seen. After every pass completion, they go, here, bitch, and there's another fight. <laughs> Throw another pass. Here, bitch, there's another fight. And, and Fran looks at me and goes, I said, Coach, let it go. The kids will figure it out. And they were making the other part of the team be better. I mean, they were holding them accountable. Did it, it ever bleed anywhere else other than the field back into the locker room? No, or no, back no, to the no. It was always there? on the field. It was always on the field. But, I mean, it was – Was that something of, you guys 
No, we didn't do any. Regulated or the team No, said, the team did. They said, no, we're, it, field it, is one thing. It doesn't leave. Yeah, it, it doesn't leave. And, and, and it was it was a massive fight. Every After every completion, it was here, bitch, and there's another fight. I mean, you know, and, and it fought and fought and fought. And, and the next thing we end up yeah. winning it, the rest of the ball. If you watch uh, number 58, Duke Riley, he, he's the start, one of the short inside linebackers right now. He was a like a two, two maybe three-star player we took at LSU from John Curtis. And um, – Duke did not – he only started one year, his senior year at LSU. But the other three years, he was all special teams. And he was a he was a war daddy, man. He was something else. Well, we were playing Ole Miss, and they were very highly ranked, uh, playing them at home. And Duke had sprung his ankle. And I had a depth chart because I knew the kind of kid he was. I had a depth chart for him and without him. This is how he was walking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, okay. two things. Nobody listening to this will be able to hear you or see you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like your brother. Yeah, like I, 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 well, you know what? Okay, so, so you're we, walking we, we, like, we like an extra in the walking yeah, dead. Yeah. Like a zombie. <laughs> so, he was walking. He couldn't put any weight on that foot. And I, I forget we're on, we're on a podcast. <laughs> I'm finally just talking to y'all. You so, are. So, so, anyway. He's hobbling, man, bad. So I'm like, well, man, I'll throw this step chart away. You know, I threw it in the trash. I said, he ain't playing. I got the one without Duke on it. So I'm out there on the field, and here comes a trainer. He says, man, said Duke can go. I said, he can go? I said, I watched him get off the bus. He can't even walk. He said, I know. I saw the same thing you did. He said, but he can plan on it. He wants to go. I said, Doc, I don't think that's it. Guy name was Jack Marucci. I said, Jack, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, he's hobbling. So I threw the depth chart away that has him on it. He said, Well, he wants, well, I said, Well, look, I think let's all hold him till next week. Well, he says, Okay, you're you're the coach. So here comes Duke hobbling at me. He gets over there and he says, Coach, he says, I can go. I said, Duke, you can't even walk. He said, I, I can go. I can run. And I can pan on. I know I hobble, but I can go. I can play. I said, let's just wait till next week. I mean, he just started bawling. Right there. Mm. I mean, just the biggest tears. And he couldn't even, he was crying so hard, he couldn't even get his words out. And finally, he, can, he says, P, it's all I got. Mm. In other words, mm-hmm. I'm not playing on defense. It's all I got. He said, please let me play. I said, all right, let's go. He was the MVP of the game. Hell wow. Yeah. That's, That's why good. you can That's never. That goosebumps. Co- co- coach, yeah. he couldn't even walk. The kid couldn't walk. Coaches in general were, were like parents to a lot of kids. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And, and we, we want him, raising your child, you want him to do good. You want him to, to be the best he can be. You know, and it's hard to think about it. Between 18 and 22 years old, there's a lot of things on your mind now. And it ain't always football. I mean, that's what we keep telling them. That you can go out there and you can say they ain't going to chase women, but they going to chase women. I mean, it's going to happen. Especially I mean, kids like you that were stealing cars no, at nine. No, 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 I had one woman I chased, and thank goodness I caught her. I mean, that's the only one I had. You know, she probably wasn't driving at nine. So. <laughs> you know, looking at y'all's you – know, y'all's quote unquote resumes on, mm-hmm. on Wikipedia, normally talking about things that don't transfer to the regular world. You look out, you know, you look at somebody else's resume and they show 83 Texas, 84 Alabama, 85 Southwest Louisiana. You other people will look at that and go, man, you know, you have a hard time. You're not doing very good on your stuff. But in college and Here's what Coaching. it is. Here's what it is, and it's a very good point. You're you're actually very you're learning and you're getting better. Each one of these is almost like a grade in school, almost right. right? I mean, here's yeah, what you're doing. That's the way to put it. Yeah. Here's what it is. You've been in demand. You've been able. You have the credentials, and you've gotten the experience from each one of those places where you mm. wouldn't be able to look at somebody's resume like this and have that confidence that they know what they're talking about if they were an accountant. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you another great lesson I learned that I would like to be on this podcast. So I'm, I'm at Northwestern State. We have a clinic. And we had a really nice clinic there. We we had – we wanted to do a legend session, and we wanted to have Garden Wood mm-hmm. and Chick Childress up there together. 
So the most legendary coach at the time and really now in the state of Texas, Gordon Wood, and Chick Childress up there together talking. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a deal where Coach Goodwin, our head football coach, kind of was the the narrator of it and asked him questions, and they would answer. I never will forget one that he asked Chick Childress that that stuck with me forever. I, I'll never forget. It made such a great impact. I mean, it was it wasn't earth shattering. It was very simple. They asked him what what he would credit his success to, and his answer was this. He said, "I never titled myself." Yeah, that's right. Really and he says, "What do you mean by that?" He says, "Well, I was always chick. Somebody called me from the bus barn." And, and uh, or I, I'm sorry, I called the bus born or I called the principal's office or I called this person in town. I would say, this is Chick Childress. They would in turn say, well, hey, coach. So I wasn't titling myself saying, hey, this is Coach Childress. If I said I'm Coach Childress, then I just titled myself by saying Chick. He said I was very careful never to title myself handling people. He hmm. said that was the key to my success. And why do you, why, why did he say it was the, the the reasoning to not title? Because you're putting yourself above her. I got you. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm I'm coach children. No, I'm Chick. I'm, this is Chick children. And let them title you as coach. I understand. And that okay. stuck with me. I'll, I'll do that with somebody. I'll say, hey, this Brady people tell, I'll call him. Hey, coach, how you doing? And I always think – so when I saw him, he's dead now. Uh, I, last time I saw him, I went to him. It was at a, a Hall of Fame golf tournament in Louisiana. And I went – I said, Coach, I said, you know what? I learned from you. He said, well, I said, never tell you. He said, that's right. Hmm. Be who you are. Don't don't use that word, Coach. He said, people get a lot of trouble. He said, you know, that was key to my success. I said, yeah, I know. You said that. Now, that's when, we go, cool. when we go off record, I got to tell you stories bring it <laughs> but, but we got to go off field. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. are we done no 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 uh, you got anything else oh, yeah. you guys i want? don't i don't is there anything you guys want to promote or any ways to get in contact you with anything or man no i, I mean if anybody, if been, if been if anybody wants to call i'm brady el pivoto 225 how many phones you got? Yeah, I got one. You don't have a burner. No hey, I can. You can tell me. I can edit that. If you have second <laughs> yeah. thoughts later. Guys, thank you guys so much. For being thank you, man. This was y'all. awesome. This was thank y'all. Really fun. It was really, it was really cool, thank man. Let's it, let's do this again. Yeah, oh, we're, we're in. We're, we're, as we'll get more comfortable, you know, as we keep going. Yeah, you it know? gets better second time yeah. around. There it is. Thank well, now you know what to expect, guys. Thank you guys for thank you joining us again. Until next time, coach. Let's go ahead and lock the doors and turn off the lights. Yep, sounds good. It's awesome. Thank you.